Hi, I'm Sam James. I'm a Sail Sharks player, uh, Loose Heads ambassador, and you're listening to the Loose Heads podcast. Hello, Sam. Great to have you on for a chat today, and it must be a special one for you as well, given that you uh, you actually sponsor one of the components of this podcast, which we will, of course, get onto later today. But as always, the first question is, how are you out of 10? Yeah, I'm really good at the moment, actually. Um, probably nine out of 10. I've had a good week's wow. training. I had a good week off last week, so I went away on holiday, which is always nice. Kind of hit the refresh button and back into training now. Looking forward to, I'm not playing this weekend, but looking forward to getting the lads ready for Friday night. Nice, nice. And I was going to mention that actually. I know um, you know you had you had your week off and you did a little mini European city break to Vienna and Budapest. How was it? Yeah, it was really nice. A lot of steps clocked up, so it wasn't really refreshing <laughs> on the old body because I, I came back every night absolutely knackered. But um, more a mental refreshness, sort of getting your mind off of rugby, your mind off of daily things in life, and just kind of enjoying the holiday aspect. One too many, um, what are they called out there? Schnitzels in oh, Austria, yeah. but, but other than that, it was good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, um, Budapest is brilliant, isn't it? I've not been to Vienna, but I've been to Budapest, and I saw you were in the uh, the thermal baths. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, obviously, there's a lot to see out there. There's so many like buildings. Like, I found myself wandering around, taking pictures of just random buildings, thinking they must be something, and I looked it up <laughs> on like Google Maps with a little blurb below, and it's nothing. It's just a, an office building or something like that, and I was like, wow. <laughs> Some of the architecture <laughs> around it is beautiful. Ruby was like, why, why are you taking so many photos? I was like, I don't know. Just that one looks amazing. I wasn't sure what it was. And it was like a toilet or something like that. But <laughs> but no, it, it was really good. I actually enjoyed Vienna more than I did Budapest, to be honest with you, because Vienna was sort of quieter. I'm getting to my old age now. All I want to do is kind of be left alone to my own devices, whereas in Budapest, obviously, it's more like there's more going on, more bars, obviously, then stag dues. So there's a lot more people either selling your stuff, want you to go yeah. places and that. I just don't like being bothered, really. Yeah. So I did like the quietness of walking around <laughs> Austria. <laughs> uh, I've got a bit of a story, actually, on the uh, the thermal baths. I have a funny funny story about that. When I visited, I can't remember when it was, but a fair few years ago, um, with, you know, the, the two guys I went with, Tommy Wilkinson and Matt Burgess. And um, they have, in the summer, they do the Sparty. And um, it's basically where they have a massive party in the thermal baths. And it's pretty horrendous. But you turn up and you because you're not going to be paying with your wallet or your phone or anything like that, they get you to put money onto a, a card. So we went into, we, we put money in a, onto a card and uh, went into the changing room to get changed and saw someone else's card left there. And we thought, uh, if, if we didn't do it, then someone else is going to do it. So let's go and grab a, a couple of, just a couple of drinks. We went up to the bar and we ordered two drinks each and um, we ended up having the whole night paid for on oh, that wow. one person, which is really poor of us. But but one thing to say there is that I then went and got my phone to take a few photos and I had my phone in one hand and a beer in the other and someone knocked me and I saved the beer and not my phone. So it was complete karma, complete karma. Yeah, no, well, I, I'd have done exactly the same, but I thought you were going to say at the start when you were like, we'll just have one drink. I was going to say, yeah, we'll just buy a bottle. And then that's just our one drink just to share about for the rest of the evening. But 
Oh, yeah. I, I, I would have probably done the yeah. same, to be honest. Everyone loves a good free night out. Exactly, exactly. So one of the first, well, the first component of this, uh, the Loose Heads Clubhouse podcast is the last guest has left you a question. So we had a really good chat with Rocky Clark last week. We had a right right old laugh. Uh, one of my favorite episodes yet, actually. So for those people listening, go back and listen to that if you're enjoying the podcasts. And she asked you a question, actually, that I reckon that you'll you'll quite like. And that is, what is your favorite topping on a savory pancake and a sweet pancake? Are we talking proper pancakes? Are we talking crepes? That's what I'm like. Are we talking thin, like you would I do think, on pancake dough? Or are we talking like American fat pancakes? I think. I think. Let's go with the latter. Let's go with a proper pancake rather than a crepe. Okay, I'm. I'm pretty simple, as in both in my mind and with what I like on toppings and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I reckon if I was doing um, pancakes, because I do them at the club quite often, either just a classic golden syrup. Or if we're going yep. savoury, I'd probably just pick bacon. Is that, is that, that's <laughs> just so bland. Just that's one. just ruined the whole question. <laughs> what would you have? Um, just one yeah, topic. That, yeah, right? yeah. No conversation about it. Just, yeah, one of each. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, bo- not boring. I, I just know what I like, if that makes sense. So, why? what would you go for? Is there something? Ex- Basically, well, I said Nutella and banana for the um, for the sweet. And then for savoury, I actually said, because I've been to a, a weird pancake bar before i've actually had bolognese on a pancake before it's actually quite nice so that's what i went for but um i think what you've gone for there is you've like you've 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 sort of treated it as though like an extra ingredient will cost you an extra 70p or something yeah literally you know you know me too well (laughs) where did you have where where did you have spaghetti bolognese on a pancake that's what i want to know i know it wasn't spaghetti bolognese it's just the bolognese it's just the bowl part of the spag bowl but um, oh yeah it'd be weird if it had spaghetti as well wouldn't it yeah yeah, it was in Bratislava. It was um, talking about, again, bringing it back to European tours. But yeah, Bratislava is a weird old pancake bar. But um, yeah, a bit of a strange one. But yeah, Rocky will be, um, well, she won't be happy with that choice. No, she won't we'll, be happy we'll at all. Did she answer it before um, she went or is that? She did. She said she said bags of Nutella and then she she also said bacon. But I think she's had a, added a couple of other toppings as well, not just bacon. Okay. But um, I can't remember what it is now. We'll have to go back and listen. Um, and something we should probably mention at the start of this podcast is that um, we actually attended the same primary school, Gorsi Bank, and secondary school, Wilmsley High School. And you were in a year above me, but we both played rugby together for a few years. Yeah, we did. I was going to say I was going to say the nickname for Gorsi Bank along, amongst the like local schools, then, but it definitely can't be broadcast on this podcast, can it? Because we used to like all wow. the local schools wow. used to have the. They're like, if you used to, obviously to play, we didn't play rugby in primary school, but playing football or whatever else that we played, used to be yeah. like Trash Dean and all that sort of stuff. But ours was probably the worst of the bunch. And I don't know whether that was because we I were the worst it was. of the bunch or not. I think yeah. it was. Horsey, Horsey, I mean, people can probably guess what it is. If we call Gorsey Bank, Horsey starts with a W. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And there wasn't even any horses nearby. No, no, sorry. No, I was... <laughs> Uh, most most people listening will already know sort of what 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 you're like as a player. So how about you be absolutely honest and tell the listeners what sort of player I was, if you can remember. Hey, you're a great player, very skillful indeed. Not much I'll take that. as 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 I wasn't either. Not much to us in terms of size or muscle, so we had to probably compensate yeah. in other ways. So um, skillful players, both competent football players as well. So use that in our games. We weren't too far off each other, I'd say, to be honest with you. I had a bit more offload, whereas you were probably a better, better stepper than me. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah. So, 
We weren't oh. too far off it to the oh, Now you're yeah. just being kind. <laughs> no, honestly, that's what you asked for. <laughs> you say we had a really good school team, didn't we? Did really well. Your team did really well, as in in your age group stuff. And then when we got to kind of the, the first team rugby, we had a solid couple of years at school, yes. reaching probably heights that the school had never done before, um, and probably one one step off kind of winning that uh, Daily Mail tournament. Yeah, yeah, and I guess. I still haven't forgiven you for missing that kick in the Daily Mail quarters. Do you want to talk about that? The sun was in my eyes. There was a massive wind. <laughs> it was probably like 79 metres out or something like that. <laughs> it was such a gettable <laughs> kick as well. It's funny, actually, because you're like, you, think, you think it's your world at the time. So I can remember going into what was like a history classroom after the game and being so distraught with myself. And uh, one of my mates came in, Tom Watts, obviously, you know Tom. Yeah, and was like consoling me and everything like that, and we're like walked home together after the game, and then we were, probably went back that weekend, that Saturday, and did the kick, and I must have nailed the kick. I probably only did it about three times just because it just rattled me effort anymore. Nailed those three kicks, and then it was just kind of one of those those moments where you're like, oh, right, okay, probably should have got that one. Oh well, it's a, it's a memory for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd really enjoyed playing with you, and, and I've mentioned it a few times, but an absolute joy to to sort of play alongside and one for the listeners as well just whilst we're on rugby and, and me playing rugby we've got a charity match coming up and I'll be sticking my boots on for 10 minutes at the end it's um, a game for grief and it's a game to remember those people from the rugby community that we've sadly lost over the past couple of years and it's loose heads versus locker stash and it's set to be a good one and at tickets and more information are available across our social media platforms and um, we've managed to rope in Matt Banahan, so he's confirmed for the Lucids team, and Dan Norton is a maybe. Sam, you must have played against Matt Banahan. What should we expect? Um, the opposite of what I was talking about with me and you before. He's a whole lot of man to handle, to be fair. So <laughs> um, if you are going to try and tackle him, I uh, suggest either lying flat on the floor and then trying to grab some shoelaces on the way past. But no, he, he's a great guy. Um, I've obviously never played with him or only against him. Um, but just from brief chats after the game and stuff yep. like that, it seems like a quality bloke uh, and a hell of a player as well. So you're in for a treat. And uh, coming on to talk a little bit about Lucids, which is what this podcast is all about. Sam, you were obviously the first ambassador some five and a half years ago now. And we spoke about the germ of an idea that eventually became what is Lucids today in a well in Cafe Nero in Audley Edge. But just why did you get involved with Lucids? I spoke about this the other night, actually, at um, one of your events at Sale. Um, obviously trying to get a couple of the community sides around the Northwest to, to join in. I spoke about how it was kind of coincidental that I'd just got into coaching as well. I was coaching my local side of the team. I grew up playing at Manchester Rugby Club. And it wasn't until I kind of came to coaching that I saw the other side of things. Obviously, when you're a player, you kind of either don't want to bother someone with your problems or it's too much of a, like that sort of environment, like a, a mate's environment to kind of mention things. But when I, I started coaching, I don't know whether it was because people saw me as kind of one step outside of the the player group, but it was eye-opening to see how many people came to you with the smallest of issues or the biggest of issues. And I think that that sort of the talk that they had with me made me think, well, A, why do I sort of feel I can't talk to my fellow teammates the same and vice versa? Why do they think that they can't talk to me? Because some of the lads that I I coach at Manchester, I, I grew up playing with. And it was kind of, we never, whilst we were growing up and throughout the age groups, never talked about this sort of stuff. But as soon as I went into a coaching role, whereas it's kind of a step back from the playing group and a sort of outside person to talk to, we opened up a lot more and yeah. had more meaningful conversations. And I think that was just 
at the same time that you guys chatted to me in, in near on old ledge and i think that was kind of the the spur that kind of th- i thought oh you, yeah i do really want to get along with this because it's something that i, I feel like can go massively in favor for everyone it can only help people out so yeah yeah, and no, I thank you for, for coming on board and, and being a part of it. Just a, a, a friend and a, a proper rugby man that, you know, we sort of explained what we thought loose ends might be quite badly. And you just said, yeah, whatever it is, um, you know, I'm, I'm on board, which um, we can't thank you enough for. And I guess that, that whole thing about the shift in opening up the conversation around mental health you spoke about there. And I guess that that's my question, really. Have you seen that shift in grassroots rugby but also the professional game where we're we're, as a rugby community we're talking more about mental health mental fitness and some of the struggles that we face I think so I think so in a big way as well I think it kind of takes the the one or two really brave people to open up and start talking about it first of all to then kind of give other people the confidence to then do it and I think the community around us we went to a community at Chester the other week and just the way that they kind of handled everything with their kids was just amazing to see I was used to growing up where coaches would be screaming at the kids on the touchline and I used to think well, how is this a fun thing to do on your Sunday morning but that was completely opposite at Chester it's just all positive feedback all really good encouraging words and, and I think that's where it kind of starts as well and then that obviously feeds in both sides of it because if obviously your coach is that welcoming and that open with you then you kind of feel more confident to talk back to them and I think they're doing a great job there uh, and the things that they're installing um, will only make their club obviously get better. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've come a, like you said, we've come a long way, but it also feels like at Loose Heads, we're just getting started and there's still so much to do around opening up that conversation around mental health and ensure that people feel comfortable talking to their mates and, and those close support networks. And you mentioned it there. It's quite an interesting one is like working with those um, minis and juniors and starting that conversation earlier is a is a really important thing. And I guess the other thing that I wanted to mention whilst on loose heads is you must remember those days where right at the start where we used to go down to Wilmslow Rugby Club. So us a lot at loose heads with yourself and Mike Haley filming stuff on our phones, absolute amateurs and, and proper village stuff. I thought it was quality. It was, it was mega. Well, <laughs> you could tell how long it ago because we first of all had obviously Mike's dog. And then we yep. eventually had two dogs, so I got my first dog, and then it just turned into like a free for all, where it was just a basically a kennel by the end of it, and that's all we came down with. For <laughs> we used to walk the dogs and then do a little bit of a little bit of a chat afterwards. But no, I, I really enjoyed those times. I can remember getting the curries when they were fresh out of school, yep. chatting to us, and but it's, it's crazy to see how things have grown from there because. Like I said, talking to me and Mike Haley, the two village idiots from round where you were, and now you. are <laughs> worldwide globally globally known is is cracking to see and it's credit to you guys because it's amazing yeah and we're we're obviously rugby fans at loose heads um but we're also sail sharks fans too and it's great to see how well you guys have been performing at the start of this season currently sitting second in the table just how's it been no really good it's funny you mentioned that you're sail sharks fans because i swear we had a text conversation every time sail played bristol you have to reassure me that you're still a Sale fan and not turned to Bristol just yet because you seem to be having a too Always good time so. every time you go to their game. So, uh, but no, 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 cracking start to the season. A really good um, kind of first couple of five games, I think it was, um, where we kind of we we took a lot of learnings from preseason. I think that's credit to a couple of people, George Ford behind the scenes, just kind of opening our eyes to the way that we can be in the squad that we've got and how we can best suit our attributes. And then obviously, yeah the people on the field, um, playmakers, Rob Dupree, Gus War, 
had a, a, an amazing start to the season and then a couple of young lads yeah. breaking through kind of really really giving us a boost at times with Carpenter coming through obviously Roebuck on one wing who went to England a couple of weeks ago but I think yeah. you come up against a couple of good teams in, in Quinns and Sarries and it's kind of then it switches to that, that top 2% and that's what we're kind of after. That's, they're the games we want to play in and it's really a test for us mentally of, of trying to navigate that battle and it can be won or lost on the smallest of moments. So it's all about having those mini-meetings and kind of all getting on the same page to take your opportunities when they arise because it could only be one opportunity a game to take those games and looking back, we probably did miss one or two things in both games that could have maybe swung it for us but nice to get back on track against Gloucester and hopefully we can get back to, back to winning ways. Yeah. Yeah, and we've just obviously announced a partnership with Sale and we came in to say hello to the there's a whole squad recently and it really feels like you said it there, but the whole club is singing from the same hymn sheet and um there's a real clear synergy, a real togetherness in the squad. Just where's that where's that come from? I think it's come from the top, first of all. It's probably credit yeah. to the coaching staff, just making things not only kind of giving us detail onto it, but making it fun around that detail. It's it's never fun just drilling something into you, but they little games that go into it, whether we're chatting in little groups and stuff like breaking things up. It's always a, a different sort of thing, always engaging to kind of make it make us think so we're not just staring blankly at a whiteboard every every morning. Yeah. But it's credit to them the way they the way they structure sessions, the way that they can kind of keep us fresh for the weekend and then making different things, whether it's away trips seem different, seem special, so that it almost feels like each game is a completely separate campaign almost to to really keep us in it, really keep us not making sure that we're getting bogged down with the sort of long periods. But no, I think that's why we've been so good is because off the back of that detail, everyone is, like you said, everyone knows their role and everyone then can just focus yeah. on their role and contribute towards the team effort. Yeah. Is it just in there that you said about like the away matches and making them like seem different each time? And I, weird, really weird. I um, It was Bears versus Saris the other day and I was walking around the harbour of Bristol and I bumped into Alex Lewinson the Friday night before the Saturday match. So they were playing Bears Saturday at 5.30 and they were there on a Friday night. And just how difficult is that being so like, so so you go down, you make the trip on a Friday and then you're waiting around for ages. How how difficult is that? Yeah, the, those those games are the worst where it's not so bad, obviously, with the one o'clock, yeah. even the three o'clock kickoff, you can kind of have a bit of a line or go on a walk in the morning that kind of passes the day by. But when you've got the evening kickoffs or the the five o'clock kickoffs, like you're saying, it then becomes yeah. a kind of a mental test for you. And that's like I was saying, how it sale have been great this year and last year as well uh, on making stuff so that you don't get bored. Because obviously you don't want to exert yourself too much before a game. But having little competitions last year, we did a competition like a little mini golf competition inside the hotel, uh, which kind of got all the lads out of the room, got you up and up and moving and stuff like that. Um, only for terrible prizes like a, a bar of chocolate or a scratch card and stuff like that. But it, it adds to that bit of competition, gets the lads laughing, gets us moving. And then yeah. before you know it, that's you've gone past lunchtime and then it, you're only an hour off pre-match yeah. meal and stuff like that. So um, it is a big part of the game now as well because like we do, we mix it up between staying the night before, depends what time the game is, but staying the night before... Yeah whether we do team run at our training ground before we leave or whether we go to the, the their stadium to do it or we sometimes do then a pitch walk the day of the game so that we can kind of get used to the environment, get used to the, the pitch, the layout, the crowd, etc. All kind of trying to make it as, as focused on us as we can, take all the elements of distraction out and then we can just zone into what we do. Yeah. 
Who's who's the best at mini golf? I actually won that competition. I don't know how. Well, no, I don't think I won the mini golf. We had like a so imagine like a big long corridor, and then yep. fifteen meters was just a run up, and then it'd be like a a two meter zone that you'd win a chocolate bar in, and then uh, like past that. that would be a one meter zone that you'd win a scratch card, then get smaller and smaller and smaller until the end. Um, I think it was a bottle of perfume. I think I won last year. Um, I don't know how I did it. It was just a bit of luck that I feel like I'm that sort of person that always gets that sort of lucky one-off weird shot. One of Tom Tom Watts again. Speaking of, I'm going to call him out here. He still owes me. I think it's five hundred thirty thousand pounds for a basketball shot that we did on the you know the the pleasure park at, at the end of South Oak Lane. There's a park there, and I did it from yeah, yeah, midway no, across yeah. midway across the football pitch behind my back. Just launched it and swish went straight in. So. Oh, that's a long way as well. That's a long way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It was a proper launch. Like there was no aim in it whatsoever. Just launched it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess there's there's a lot of brothers in the South Shark squad. Obviously, yourself and Luke, the Curry twins, the Dupree brothers. But genuinely, it does look like everyone is family, and you can't just switch that on and call it culture. Everyone sort of has to buy into that with a sort of no ego ethos you mentioned there the mini golf but just what what sort of stuff do you do away from the pitch as well to create that bond I think it's all kind of bred in pre-season obviously you don't get as many chances to kind of do social events no matter whether they're how big or small they are when you're mid-season it's kind of hard to do around training but pre-season there's a lot of time for bonding and obviously then little groups and getting to know each other and and stuff like that and I think that's what Sale have done really well this year they always take us away on the camp when we do a lot of stuff with a group who come in um alan chambers does a lot of work with us where it'll take us to wherever it may be in the country to to go through kind of tasks that don't really stress us too much physically but more mentally on how we work together as a team and i think that although at the time it seems kind of confusing and sort of stressful i guess in a way but afterwards you kind of have those bonds you have those little stories about how you'd laugh because it's all to do with like it's all emergency services and stuff like that so it's how you'd rescue someone in an earthquake for example or something like that and yeah. obviously that that time you're kind of thinking you know it's not real but if it was then you'd be put under a lot of stress but then afterwards you're laughing about stories and you then sit around yeah. a beer or sit around having a beer at the fire and chat with people and i think that's what sailor great at is there's no like everyone sits on one table who that friendship group and everyone sits on that table at lunch or whenever we're reading it's literally you sit down wherever have a chat to people and I think that's bred through from management, community staff, et cetera, et cetera. I think everyone is friends at the end of the day and everyone has a chat with each other. And I think that breeds to then the product on the field. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, talk about friends there. Manitou Alangi has become a friend and he's now a, a Lucid's ambassador as well. He was one of your heroes growing up. What's it like to play with him? Oh, um, unbelievable. It gives you so much confidence. I did an interview the other day and I spoke about how he just... He has a, an understanding for the game that I probably will never have. He is one of two players, him and Sammy Tutupo, just sort of read the game. They can sort of prescribe things that are going to happen three phases later. And I think half the time that's yeah. why they can absolutely melt someone is because they just have an understanding of the game. And, and doing clips with him midweek on opposition is rugby intelligence is so, so good that it kind of feeds into you and then gives you a confidence that he, you and him are on the same page. Obviously helps that off the field. He's such a great yeah. bloke, master of everything. He can play chess, pool, great at coffee. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I've found something yet that I can beat him at. But he's such a great guy around it as well, and, and such a 
a great guy to have around the club. Yeah, I remember when I <clears throat> when you first sort of burst onto the scene. I think one of the first games you played not not it wasn't the first, but one of the first games you played was against Leicester, and I was like, I've played with that guy, and now he's playing against Manu Tuolangi. How it's just yeah. so cool. I did everything within my power to stay away from him in that game. Just kind of running from one edge to the other. The ball's coming your way. No, it doesn't matter. I'm going the other side. This guy's here. No, it is a cool moment. It's so, it is so weird. You, you kind of don't get it as much these days when people come yeah. into the team and stuff like that. But there's so many players that I've come through sale and been starstruck in, in meeting. We had a plethora of scrum arse, the Mike Phillips, Peter Stringers, Chris Cusseters, Dwayne Peels, loads. And then... Yeah. Obviously, James O'Connor's and now Manitou Alangi. It's just, it's a, it is real. It's a pinch yourself moment. It's such a kind of a cool moment to be playing with these players. Yeah, and obviously came through the academy at Sale, and it, it wasn't the the easiest breakthrough into the professional game. I know you went on loan a few times. I know Sale is great, a great club for bringing through the youngsters. But just how difficult is it to break through, and what are the challenges that come with that? Yeah, I think it's massively, massively difficult to break through. I think it. All depends on a bit of luck and a bit of timing to kind of get your shot at playing and then you kind of need to take your shot. But it's just the pressures of kind of wanting to perform every day in training and then being able to then back it up and go away to your loan clubs on Tuesday, Thursday nights, which can kind of take a, yeah. a real beating on the body at times. But no, it's all just probably about having that consistency and sort of biding your time, not thinking you have to break through right away, trusting that people we'll see the talent in you and then kind of off the back of that, just wait and hopefully like touch wood, not getting too many injuries, kind of like I did. Cause I had a, I think it was a year and a half yeah. completely out, broke my arm, well, I dislocated my elbow uh, one game. And as soon as I came back from that first game back, I broke my arm. So they are hurdles that you need to get over as well. But again, that came back to once you come back from those injuries, trusting that process, getting back to what you're good at and then waiting for your shot in the first team and then kind of taking it when it comes. I guess because you've, you've been there and you've, You've, you've been in that position as well. I guess now you're able to put your arm around some of the youngsters and show them the way and give them guidance as well. Yeah, completely. And like I said before, like when we were joking about me missing that kick, you kind of think it's your world. And same with some of these youngsters. Yeah. They think if they get one shot, if they don't play as well or drop a pass, they think that's the world over. It's just about kind of having that now maturity to, to give them the support and just go, look, it, it's not the end of the world. You've been absolutely killing it training people back you you'll get your shot again and I know the coaching staff are exactly the same mindset so they know that if they're going to put someone in they deserve to be there it's not just a fluke thing of chucking someone in randomly um, the boys that are in and around the squad train with us every day and they are more than capable of being in any, any premiership rugby team so just because they didn't feel they got the the break they needed or didn't think they played as well as they could in that one shot doesn't mean that's it over it's kind of then backing it up in training and then going out and, and doing it again the next week the loose heads clubhouse podcast is sponsored by two wonderful organizations days non-alcoholic beer 100 beer zero percent alcohol brewed in scotland and b corp certified two percent of their sales go towards progressive mental health initiatives it's beer for doing and great for active people and opening up conversations they have just launched in Wagamama's and Tesco. It tastes great, and they've provided us with a special discount just for you. Enter code LUSEDS20 for 20% off at checkout. And 4-5, CBD and vitamin brand created by professional rugby players George Cruz and Dom Day after suffering injuries during their playing careers. They have thousands of athlete customers and are the official wellness partner to Leicester Tigers and Saracens. You can find them in Boots, Next and Tesco. And exciting news, they have just launched their hydration tablet. 
They too have provided us with a bespoke discount code. Enter code LH20 for 20% off over at their website, 45.com. You know, you're coaching your, the club that you played at when you were younger, Manchester. It's something that quite a lot of pros do. But um question from the Loose Heads Academy, which is our sort of voice in the grassroots game, is would you still have played rugby even if you didn't break into that sales squad? Yeah, I think so. I'm really looking forward to one day. Hopefully I can go back uh, and play for Manchester. I was lucky enough. I never actually played uh, a senior game for the first team. I played oh, wow. a second team game with, with my old man. So I'd re- I would really like to go back one day and obviously repay them. Obviously, I'm, I'm trying to do that in the in form of coaching right now, but I'd really like to go back at kind of the end of my professional career and, and play a couple of games for them, especially because they've got, if you reach, uh, I can't remember if it's 100 or 200 games now, you get a really nice blazer. So I've kind of got my eyes on that for a while. So All about that blazer. Yeah. <laughs> completely because people even coaching down there coaching down there people kind of they try and they, they think they're trying to make you jealous I, I don't know whether they're trying to do it or not but they're like obviously they know I've never made a, a first team appearance before so they kind of laugh at me like oh you, well, you've never actually played for Manchester's first team so how good are you really because you've never <laughs> tried it here blah, 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 blah. but that's one of the things that gets me is the yeah. blazer I'm like oh yeah I do really want to make it there because I really want a blazer yeah that's that whole thing isn't it about like um like, what would Pep Guardiola be like if he went and managed Luton Town? Unbelievable. You know he'd be unbelievable because he's an unbelievable <laughs> coach. Sat here as a City fan, I know he'd be... I know Luton yeah. Town would be in the Premiership within, what, two seasons? <laughs> of course they would. Of course they would, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the rumours these days. That's why Haaland's going there. That's the thing. Haaland, <laughs> yeah. you know, all those rumours around him going to Ashton, he's actually going to Luton now. And bigger picture, Pep Guardiola's going to go there in a couple of years. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> And Manchester, obviously, just just to mention that, um, give them a bit of a shout out on on here. They they obviously have the Loose Heads logo on, on the kit this season as well, and a board at, at the front of the club, which is about to go up. So it's amazing to see the support from various clubs in the grassroots game. And our whole mission at Loose Heads is to to place a mental health lead at every rugby club in the world. So if you're not involved already, please um, get in touch with us, get involved, and, and join that family. The next component of the podcast, Sam, is uh, the challenge. So. In this podcast, we ask all of our guests to complete a challenge in honour of the Loose Heads podcast. So we're waiting on a few people to complete their challenge, but I'm not sure if you saw that Jacob Umaga, um he, he sort of did a, a Jesse Lingard celebration when he did a kick. Uh, we kicked the points over um, the other day. We've got a few few more to come. So Tom Dunn's going to be doing a, a butcher chop as well okay. um, when, nice. when his next scores. So I've noticed, and you might, you, <laughs> you might laugh at this while well, I laughed at it, but I've noticed that your Twitter bio says you're a Disney boy. And I wanted to ask what your favorite Disney film is. And I think maybe we could potentially create a Disney celebration for you. This is going to sound really, well, it's not going to sound really bad. We, we actually, the, the Disney thing is because uh, me, Mike Haley and Tom Watts, very competitive people, all kind of me and Mike have got I've got Peter Pan Mike's got Captain Hook and Tom is still to get Tinkerbell on him hence the name the Disney boys because we were trying to work it through that but Uh, actually we did a load of um, games back in the day like ping pong basketball loads of things the Disney games to try and see who was going to be the ultimate sportsman really it's like loads of bizarre things like archery and, and curling and stuff like that and I don't think we ever finished the games which is probably (laughs) <laughs> a benefit really because it just ended up in ended up in us fighting um but that's the reason for the disney boys or on my insta twitter twitter whichever one it was um but to answer your question that this is this is going to sound the bad part my favorite film isn't quite disney i don't think it's disney anyways 
it's it's the Croods. Right, okay. Have you ever seen do you know what the Croods is? The I've I've the I've, cave, I've never seen cave. it, but I know what it is, yeah. Well there, there's the challenge for you is you have to go watch the Croods at some point because that is an outstanding film. It's one of the best there's one All and right. two now as well, so you're in for a treat. Um but just to <laughs> comply with the question, my favourite Disney film is um what's the one I've, I've named my dog after it as well, so I don't know why I'm not remembering it. The the one with the dog where he points and squirrel and he oh is that a Disney film? You know, the one with the balloon where he goes off. To, I think yeah, so. Is that Disney? I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I think so. Could, yeah. Because I've named that's my dog after film. it. Because, I, don't know if, yeah. I don't know if we've got a celebration for Up, though, because that's quite a difficult one. I, I know, um, I know, I know. Go on. I've got one. Yeah. So I'll comply with your challenge and I'll watch The Croods. And yeah. what I want in, in return is next time you score, I want you to do a Mickey Mouse like that. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah, he's right. right on top of the right on top of the head as well. Right on top of the head like that, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> right, you've got a score you next week now. It's the simplest thing ever, and I guarantee I'll mess it up. <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> I like get tackled from that. behind. I'll get tackled from behind or something like that, and I'll look like some sort of poser, like doing that with one arm behind my back or something like that. No, I will oh. do it definitely. Oh, perfect. 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 And then, and then just to bring it on to the next component, which is actually your component, so sponsored by yourself, it's the Pensive Pre-Pod Poo Ponder. And instead of answering one of your own questions, I was going to come up with one this week. And my Perfect. ponder this week is, do crabs think fish are flying? Oh, that's a great question. That's, <laughs> that's, that's really out of my mind. It's like you, you're inside my mind. Um <laughs> yes, I, I think they do. I think they do because yeah. I think crabs think that they must have some sort of superpower as well. They must think that they can have like the biggest jump or something like that in the world. You know what I mean? Because they obviously know that the the sort of because they can bounce and know that they they can, but they they can't quite fly as the same as fish. So they must think that they've got different superpowers. Yeah. I, I, but I do. It is interesting to wonder what they think boats are. Then that's that's a yes. Maybe spaceships. Spaceships, yeah. Or planets or something like that. Do you reckon they think that like yeah. we orbit the sun, <laughs> they orbit the speedboat that comes past once a day? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And just to go through a couple of ones that we've we've already asked a couple of the guests, which you came up with, I just wanted to get your your thoughts on them as well. So the one we asked Stacey Flula, uh, by the way, congratulations to her for winning the Rugby World Cup at the weekend. But if you yeah, well, if yeah. you have fun wasting time, do you really waste time? Was the one that we asked her. What's your, what's no, your I, answer I, for that one? I think if you're having fun, it's not time wasted at all. I purposely make little games, try different things. People watch and try and imitate their voices or pretend what they're saying. So I don't ever think time is lost. I think it's just an opportunity to, to invent a new game or do something stupid. Yeah. That's one thing about you. You you just love a game. I'm I'm pretty similar in that in that respect. But the other one, Simi Pam, we asked, which armrest is yours on an aeroplane? And I guess the question that she said, actually, was, which seat am I sitting in? So I said to her, you're sitting in the middle seat. Yeah, obviously, because, yeah, because everyone knows if you sat by the window, you obviously got a luxury of having a window anyway. So you've only got your right hand side. That's the way I'd (laughs) I'd think of it, because you've got a view. So you just need to lean into the view and enjoy that. Don't be trying to encroach on someone else's space. And then, obviously, unless there's a trolley nearby, if you're in the aisle seat, then obviously the left one's yours. And then yeah. I think that 
the right one should be partly yours. It should be part owned. It's like a shared ownership. Because oh, okay. if there's a trolley or someone coming past, you can't be leaning on a thing because then you get your shoulder bumped, stuff like that. Yeah. If you're trying to sleep on that side, it's not very comfortable. So I think you've got part ownership of the right one if you're in the hour seat. So therefore, I think in the middle seat, you've obviously got main control of the right and then part control of the left because yeah. you're going to know that that guy's going to want to, or guy or girl, whoever it is, person, <laughs> hopefully. Might be a dog next year. Yeah, it's going to need to... Uh, use that at some point during the flight. No, Simi actually said that she's sitting down in the middle seat and she's taking ownership of both. So, I mean, that could be that could be the way forward. No, it shows shows the person because I'd honestly I'd take ownership in neither. I just end up <laughs> having my arms directly up in the air, trying to not annoy anybody. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Amazing. And then the final the final question for me is well. You get to ask a question each week to our guests, but what is your question for the start of the podcast with our next guest? Crocs, are they going out shoes, garden shoes, or sports shoes? I, I, I thought I thought you were going to say Crocs, yes or no. And we know the answer to that. It's a definite yes. Uh, yeah, Crocs are yes. I just want to know what attire you can wear it with, whether you can do all, yeah. as in can you do all three, can you do sports, everything, or is it strictly for wearing around the house and nipping out into the garden or... Can you venture out to the shops? If so, if you're going to the shops, then can you go for lunch off the back of it, or where does the where does the line end? Basically, when when can you not uh, wear okay. Crocs? That's an interesting question, actually. I I wear them quite a lot. I've got my white Crocs, but I don't have any. What are the things that called that you put in them? Oh yeah, yeah like, little faces or whatever. Like uh, oh, they're not yeah. stickers, are they? Oh, they've got they're... a name. They've got a name. No, no, exactly. Oh, I've like, got them on my Crocs as or well. something, but. Yeah, what have yeah, you got? Probably are widgets. Yeah, I've got a load. I've got a random bag for Christmas once. So I've got like Pokemon. I've got like a a dog, different like emojis, stuff like that. Pretty cool. And I've got like three pairs of Crocs as well. So I've had to spread them about across the. Across oh, the amazing! Sets. Amazing. Yeah. Right, I'll be sure to ask the next guest that question. Um, thanks for coming on today for a chat, Sam. Always a pleasure, and I can't thank you enough for all of the support that you've given us over the last five and a half years. And uh, I'll see you soon, maybe for a beer when I'm up north for Christmas. But um, definitely yes, speak to definitely. Christmas Eve beers sounds great to me. Loose Heads Podcast. Loose Heads Podcast. Loose Heads Podcast. Loose Heads Podcast. Loose Heads Podcast.